title of uh, the message today is, is Joy. And what's been happening is in these uh, uh, weeks coming up to uh, Christmas, we call Advent, um, we went through hope, we went through uh, love, we went through peace, and, and now joy. And different denominations do it differently, and so then we could do it differently too. But here we are. Um, all of this speaks of Jesus, right? All of this speaks of, of who he is. Uh, the hope for eternal life, that this isn't all there is. We have that hope beyond now. And, and we've realized, I mean, if you've lived very long at all, that people live and then they die. But the Bible speaks about eternal life. It's, it's just not this. You, aren't, you don't just turn into dirt again. There's, there's this God that so loves you. And so eternal life with God and love that's poured out. So we've been hearing about love and, of course, peace. And then today it's joy, joy. Okay, so that that joy is this knowing, is this knowing really that everything's going to be okay and you're going to receive joy beyond measure. So there's then there's this attitude of living uh, towards that joy. There's this um, amazing attitude of the Holy Spirit through you, that means through all the trials that you're going through, there's still this common denominator or this this amazing um, presence of who God is. In his presence is fullness of joy. So there's this, there's this, um, we can't really put it together except that this is this is God's gift that he's given for you and for me that we can have through all of this life because it's not going to be always joyful it's not going to be always happy but there's this joy that it comes through us through whatever whatever we're going through okay so um if and i've heard about people getting a glimpse of heaven and from what I understand about people that have read about or, or seen on, on, on YouTube, people that had a glimpse of heaven, they don't want to come back. <laughs> it's like, no, 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 this is good. I don't know, you know, and so you've heard the stories. Uh, no, you, you've got work to do, so you're going back. But all of these are, are saying the same thing. If you get this glimpse of heaven... It is so wonderful. It's beyond anything you've ever experienced here. The best day that you have ever had, it's way, it's way out of this world. It's just that, no, I don't want to go back and experience the best. Um, Maybe uh, you've uh, uh, known people or read about people that have just money beyond, they can get whatever they want. And the stories come out that they they just don't find happiness. They don't find true joy in that. And as much as we want to think that, well, if I just get more money, then I can have a better car and I'll be happier and all that kind of stuff. It's not true. It's not true. There's this place in the Bible, and I now I'm, I can't remember where it is, so just kind of coming to me that says, Lord, uh, don't give me too much that I'll forget about you. And that's what's happened to Israel over the years, right? They, they get everything taken care of and they forget about the God that saved them. And so this, this prayer in Proverbs, or it might be Psalms, says, Lord, don't give me too much that uh, I'll forget about you. 
But don't give me too little that I might steal and, and cheat. You know, but, but just give me what I need. And I think for most of us, we've figured that one out. We've figured that one out, that there's something else that needs to be happening in our life to be content with kind of where we are and, and what's going on. And so that's the Holy Spirit, and you could say that's the joy of God. In his presence is fullness of joy. Okay. So this attitude, as if you have had a glimpse of heaven, means that's how you're living your life. So the glimpse of heaven, for you that have believed, is the glimpse of Jesus. That maybe you didn't see him, but you believed that this message about Jesus, who is the display of love, means that you have had a glimpse of heaven. So with that glimpse of heaven, you've been desiring and praying that you would live this new life with that glimpse of heaven, that one day you're, you're going to receive this amazing inheritance that's beyond anything that you can imagine. You just get a glimpse of that. So here we are working that out today, even gathering together. And when you read scripture, you're going, it's true. And I, and I, I need to believe that this is true. So there's a mindset of, of God's gift of joy, of joy that everything is, everything's taken care of. Okay, so what I did again was I took the word joy and I broke the three letters down. There's only three letters there. And I said, okay, what, what would J stand for? And I, I asked the family at the table and it was Jesus. And so <laughs> joy, joy, uh, that first letter defined um, that I picked out then is Jesus. Um, the, the best of life is what God has offered Jesus is the best of life. And so if you've believed in Jesus, you've received the best of life. And since then, you've been trying to live in that best of life, that, that joy. So the best of life, Jesus. So as Israel went through this time in the scripture of, of being saved and then uh, everything's taken care of and, and David is on top and Solomon is coming up and they're going to build the temple and all this stuff is just, everything is wonderful. Then you find all these times where Israel go, forgets who delivered them, who, who saved them, forget who has given them life and they go down and they begin calling out to God again. So what we're going to do is we're going to read through uh, some portions of Isaiah, which is uh, the prophet that prophesied of the one who would come, Jesus the true joy. And so let's go together to, um, to, uh, to um, Isaiah. Isaiah, and let's just start at the beginning at Isaiah chapter seven. And so um, if you're there, then you'll be able to kind of thumb with me. So the next few readings will be through Isaiah. And so let's just go through this and see this, this hope and the, this um, living for this joy of, of God in their lives. So here are some prophecies of the one to come. So uh, Isaiah chapter 7, Isaiah chapter 7. And if you have your bulletin, you'll see where I'm going to go. And if you want, go ahead and mark your, your Bibles before I get there. And then you'll be there before I get there. And I'll find you there. And then we'll, I'll read it and we'll go through it. So Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. Therefore, the Lord himself will give a sign. 
Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall and you shall call his name Emmanuel, God with us. Okay? So there you are, God with us, Emmanuel. Go to Isaiah chapter 9. So just flip over to Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And upon his shoulders, the government will be upon his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. And of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. On the throne of David to uh, order it and to establish it with judgment and justice for that, from that time on and forever. And the Lord of hosts will do this, will perform this. Okay, Isaiah. So here is that living for that joy of what is to come, that God has delivered them before. They know that in history. Maybe they even experience that God has delivered them before. And now they're, they're holding out for that or they're having this, this attitude of joy for what God is going to do again. And maybe in your life, you've known that. Maybe even right now, if you turn around and look behind you at how God has been helping you in your life, how you arrived at the where you are right now and you can honestly say, it's because of God. He saved me from, from tragedy. He saved me out of that pit. He saved me. He's given me a new day to live. And so I'm trying. I'm, I'm coming to church now and I'm, I'm, I'm working at it. I'm, I'm trying to live out this new life and what God has to offer for you and for me is it's not trying harder. It's believing and, and receiving the spirit through Christ, through that belief that now it's not hard, it's he's with you. God with you, Emmanuel. So Isaiah chapter uh, 7, let's go to Isaiah chapter, uh, is it 11? Now that I have on the sheet there, 11. Isaiah chapter 11, verse 1. Listen to this prophecy. There shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of its roots. The spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. So we're in Isaiah chapter 11, verse 3. His delight is in the fear of the Lord, and he shall not judge by the sight of his eyes, nor decide by the hearing of his ears. For, but with righteousness... He shall judge the poor and decide with equity for uh, the meek of the earth. And he shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth. And with the breath of his lips, he shall slay the wicked. The righteous shall be the belt of his loins and faithfulness, the belt of his waist. And then it goes on to say this amazing time in the future. The wolf shall dwell with the lamb. And the leopard shall lie down with the young goat and the calf with the young lion and the fatling together. And the little child shall lead them and and the cow and the bear will graze and their young ones shall lie down together and the lion shall, shall eat straw like an ox and the nursing child shall play by the cobra's den and the weaned child shall put his hand in the viper's den. They shall not hurt nor destroy in any of my holy mountain for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. So 
in God's presence, there isn't any fear either. Isn't that amazing to think about what he has in store for those who believe? So here he is giving that hope and that, that, that attitude of joy. The, the, uh, the prophet here, Isaiah, is giving that for, for them to hope for. So what is the other passage that we have? Uh, let's go to Isaiah chapter 35. Isaiah 35. So in Isaiah 35, he talks about um, this healing these uh, amazing things that are going to happen in the future. And we get to look back in scripture and see when they happen. And then there's always this prophecy of, of what's going to happen in the near future and then what happens in, in the way, way future. Um, so in chapter 35, the wilderness and the wasteland shall be glad for them. And the desert shall rejoice and blossom as a rose. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice, even with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given to it, and the excellence of Carmel and Sharon, and they shall see the glory of the Lord and the excellency of our God. Verse 3, strengthening the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who are fear-hearted, be strong. And do not fear. Behold, your God will come with vengeance and recompense. The recompense of God, he will come and save you. And listen to five. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened and the ears of the deaf will be unstopped and the lame shall leap like a deer and the tongue of the dumb shall sing. And the water shall burst forth in the wilderness and the streams in the desert and the parched ground shall become a pool and the thirsty land springs of water and the habitation of jackals where they lay there will be grass with reeds and rushes and then it says a highway shall be there a road it shall be called the highway of holiness the unclean shall not pass over it but it shall be for others whoever walks on the road although a fool shall not go astray no lion shall be there nor shall there be any ravenous beast go up on it. It shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there. And the ransom of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing, with everlasting joy on their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. Does that sound like heaven? <laughs> wow. Okay, so there's this amazing attitude that Isaiah, through the Spirit of God, is, is uh, projecting for the people this joy, this joy of who God is and his plan for life. Okay, so then um, Isaiah chapter 61 is another place that talks about this joy to come and what he's going to look like, this Jesus. J stands for Jesus. Joy. And as Isaiah 61, here it goes. And Jesus will even read this when he begins his ministry in his hometown. It says in 61 verse 1, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. So here's Jesus, the, the joy that is beyond reason. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives 
and the opening of the prison to those who are bound to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to console all those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty instead of ashes, to give them the oil of joy instead of mourning, garment of praise instead of a spirit of heaviness, that they may be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. It keeps going and picturing Jesus. And I want you to go to verse 10. It says, I will rejoice greatly in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God, for he has clothed me with garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decks himself with ornaments and as a bride adorns herself with jewels, for as the earth brings forth its bud, as the garden causes things that are sown in it to spring forth, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to spring forth before all the nations. You see, before you can have the joy, you need to have Jesus. You need to have Jesus. There's no way to know the depth of that joy without believing in Jesus. That Jesus is the image of the invisible God. He is God, the word of God that came and dwelt on the earth and that we know him. So Jesus, so so as we step through this um, this time that uh, of of the greatest of joy of all people that we should have as we celebrate this Christmas time, it has to come through this knowledge of God and his amazing love for for mankind, for you and for me. There's something that I discovered, though, and that is um, not only knowing it, but knowing what you've been saved from is key for life in the future. See, when Israel kept forgetting who saved them, even right in the, the Ten Commandments, even after all that, they were in the wilderness coming through and Moses went up the mountain, met with God and got the Ten Commandments. Came back. The first of Ten Commandments, the first he says to them, I am the Lord your God and I am the one who saved you out of the bondage of Egypt. Okay, that right there pivots everything. If you don't think that you need a deliverer, then you will never know Jesus and you will never know true joy to know what he saved you from. And that's eternity without God, without love forever. That's who God is. He's a God of love. And without love, we all will perish. That's what we need to live. And he's offering that to you and to me. So, He says, remember who it is that delivered you. So I don't know each of your stories. I know for a lot of you that wanted to join membership, one of the things is that you would share your testimony to the elders that we would meet in the office and you would share how your eyes were open and you realized that you needed a savior and and that you believed that Jesus is that savior. He is the one that would save you from your sin Because what is sin except doing life without God saying, 
I don't need you. I can do this. I got this figured out. That's, that's sin, which is the, the core of whatever that looks like, you know, whatever that ugly sin is. That's the core. And it's realizing I need God for eternal life, but not only eternal life, I need him to help me live through this life. It's going crazy. I need help. I need to be saved. So Jesus said when he came, uh, the Gospel of John talks about Jesus and how um, for those who believe or who receive this message, they can become children of God. They they can become God's family, those who believe. Now, we believe we've been all created in God's image. And we do know right from wrong, whether we're a believer or not. We know right from wrong. But to become a child of God means that you need to believe in this amazing love plan through Jesus Christ. And so in order for you to experience that true joy, you need to experience Jesus and you need to receive him. Other than that, you're just kind of grabbing at things and grabbing at happiness and different things that, oh, that's, that's nice and all. But he's got something bigger and better for you for all eternity. So believing in Jesus. So the J in joy is Jesus. And um, we do a food distribution down here. And so I was talking to one of the guys that helps out. And he was the one that put me onto this and I didn't, uh, I hadn't heard it before and you probably have, but um, that once you come to Christ, there's this uh, way that you begin to live your life. And he said to me, here's what it is. And he said, I'll just lay it right down. It's joy. And I said, what do you mean? He said, it's Jesus first and then others and then you. That's, that's what begins to happen. When you believe in Jesus, all of a sudden, you, you're taking the second seat and you're allowing somebody out. It's the spirit of Christ. Jesus came and he gave his life for you. Now you are helping others. And so J means Jesus first. O means others next. And then you're last. And that's, that's not the American way. <laughs> but that's God's way. But the working out of that is, is through what the scripture says. The working out of that is through knowing who God is. So this, this being saved and coming to that point of, 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 of turning, um, turning and living life a different way than the American dream, right? But it's understanding what you've been saved from. And so I've been saved a couple of times in my life and... Um, Uncle Bill, he was part of that, but he may not remember. Back in the day when he was driving this El Camino and we were, he was playing CCR 8-track uh, tape thing, um, he would take, he would take uh, some of the nephews swimming. And so there was this raft with a slide on it, and so we'd be swimming. And there was this foam, foam linings underneath, and we'd be able to swim down underneath and come up underneath the raft and it was kind of cool thing to do and go back so i don't know if you remember this bill but so i'm there with my brothers and we're swimming having a great time and i go down underneath this raft and i come up under the foam 
And so I go, I must not have gone far enough, so I'm still holding my breath, and I go down, and I come up, and I'm under the foam. So instead of going the two feet of foam in, I was going down <laughs> the long foam and trying to come up. And, and I don't know if you remember this, and I'm just, uh, this is it. I'm going, I cannot get out. And as far as I could reach, I couldn't feel anything except foam above me. And I couldn't come up. And all of a sudden, this strong hand comes in and grabs me by the shirt, pulls me out, and I'm gasping for air. And there's Uncle Bill. He's holding me up like this. And he says, are you okay? (laughs) I'm I'm fine. (laughs) So that was the first uh, recognition in my life. And you may have had these things, too, where God had used Bill at that point to save my life. And I don't know if you remember that, but it saved my life. And another place that happened was when uh, I had my heart attack and I'm uh, doing this silly thing at age 50 and I'm running up and down the field at my brother's house and we're with the nephews playing football. And uh, all of a sudden I started to have a heart attack, didn't know what it was. I thought I was losing my breath. So I do the, you know, I do the cool thing. I said, no, no, I said, I just need to take a breath here. And so I'm, I'm not knowing what's going on and trying to breathe. And, and so they're all, it's about time to take a break and they're all headed up to the house. And then I take the next uh, macho thing. I go, no, no, go ahead. And I drop down one knee and, I, and I'm trying to breathe. I cannot breathe. And then I take the humbling stance and I go, I cannot <laughs> breathe. And I'm trying. And so the rest of them are going up and then finally I'm on my back. And uh, so Donnie's the next one. Uh, So he sees my plight and he comes running. And you know what he says to me? Are you okay? (laughs) So then he he dials 911 and gets everything going and he acted quickly and and so... um, so here I am. But So there was two occasions in my life that I know that God used uh, Bill and my brother Donnie to be a part of saving me. And so then there's a new day. But Jesus is the ultimate. He's orchestrating these things for a new day for each one of us. And there will be a, a, a we will see this guarantee of eternal life. But it's interesting, and why we're going to others is that you're a key part in so- saving somebody else's life. And maybe uh, it's not for eternal life, maybe, but God is using it. And so with the people's lives that are around you, that you know, you are, you are handpicked by God to be helping these. And some of these people are going to be prickly. Oh, they're, you'll try to love them and they're just ouchy because they don't, I don't need no, however that is. And I'm kind of going through that now with somebody in my family. But it's like, I'm trying to help you. I don't need any, you know. Some are prickly and you got to figure out through the Holy Spirit and praying and, and, and all that. Love still prevails, but how do I do that? And give him his space, you know, that type of thing. But then there's other people that are like butterflies and they're just nice to be with, aren't they? And you can just love them to Jesus. They're just so sweet and, you know, and then everybody else in between. But if you've believed on the Lord Jesus, this this joy thing, Jesus first and then others, means that you have this mindset that you are part of this plan of assisting people to find the true joy. And where you work, and however that looks, but 
that attitude, that mindset of you've been saved to have the spirit of Christ in you by this mindset is always going through your mind. How am I helping others to find this place of true joy? So others, turn to Philippians chapter um, 2. So New Testament, uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, and then, is it Philippians? Yeah, Philippians chapter 2. So this is what begins to happen, and you, you begin to experience true joy in helping others to find true joy. It says in verse 1, Therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, if there's any comfort in love, if there's any fellowship of the Spirit, if there's any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being in one accord of one mind, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each one encourage others as even better than themselves. Each one of you look out not only for your own interest, but also for the interest of others. See, this is the mind of Christ. This is when you come to Jesus, you get to experience joy by helping others find that joy. And it's kind of a... A, a double thing there. You get it on both sides. You get it not only experience that forgiveness for your sin and that you get to have this joy, but then you get to have um, joy experience as you're helping others. Verse five, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking on the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men and being found in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue will confess Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen? Amen. Okay, so joy. Jesus first, others, others. Um, so I, I thought of this, uh, kind of this illustration here for those that under, understand electricity. This is kind of a circuit. And so pretend for a moment you're a refrigerator. Pretend for a moment. And your refrigerator has work to do. Uh, you've got to keep the food cool for the family and all that. So pre- pretend you're a refrigerator. And as the power comes in on L1 or, or the black line, it comes in. It, it has to go through. So the circuit has to go through. And then it goes back on the neutral line. And it heads back to the panel. Now, if... If there's a problem, say, uh, before or, say, the plug or somewhere where it gets to the refrigerator and it shorts out, and say, what happens is um, the power is trying, its job is to do its work and get back to the panel. And 
in a way you could say that's the Holy Spirit. But, and so as it comes and it's short-circuited, what happens at times is if this, it tries to find the path of least resistance. And so if it can't go through here, if there's something wrong here, and let's say that uh, L1 and L2 then get stuck together, uh, there's a short, it's short-circuited, it doesn't go through the, doesn't go through the refrigerator, but it short circuits and it goes back and it pops the breaker back here. So it's short circuited. Now here's another kind of short. Um, some of us call it a dead short where that line coming in, it rubs through and all of a sudden there's a short on the refrigerator itself. And now the refrigerator, you get close to it and you start to get shocked or you get... You don't want to touch it because what happens then is the power isn't getting back to the panel, but the power is finding another short, and that's to ground. Because eventually that's, that's all part of this plan. And so it doesn't go back to the panel, but it, go, it shorts to the ground on the refrigerator, and, and it's, then it's dead, and it's hot, and it's, it's miserable. Um, so I say that to say that when we're talking about others, you've got a job to do, oh, refrigerator. <laughs> and if, you, if, if you're not following after God, you're short-circuiting what he has to do, and you're out of the loop, and, and it's being made a mess. But also, there's this other thing that says, I'm rejecting God altogether, and there's this dead short, where if, if you don't accept Jesus as your Savior, you're going to be dead and that second death means separated from God forever. There's no, there's no second chance. It's forever. And so for your sake and the sake of people around you, it's important, oh refrigerator, that you, <laughs> you don't short circuit or you don't dead short to the ground because the Holy Spirit, it's the Holy Spirit in you. So that oh is so important that as others, that mindset of others. The Bible says we all like sheep have gone astray. Doesn't matter who you are. Each one of us have turned our own way. That's away from God. But I trust that here today that you have turned back to the one who saves you and gives you life forever. And if you're here today and you haven't done that, maybe this is the day that the Spirit is awakening you to this this new way of thinking and living life by the power of the Holy Spirit. The final one is, is you. And uh, turn to Psalm 139. Uh, it's you, so why? Uh, joy, Jesus, uh, O for others, and then why for you. So go to Psalm 139. And this is one of those uh, things that you just, you gotta believe. You gotta believe. Psalm 139. It's probably one of the most comforting uh, passages in Scripture. Psalm 139 says, O Lord, you have searched me and you know me. You know when I'm sitting down. You know when I'm rising up. You understand my thoughts from afar. You comprehend my path and my lying down. You are acquainted with all of my ways. For there is not a word on my tongue, but behold, 
O Lord, you know it all together. You have hedged me in, behind and before. You laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is so high, I cannot attain it. And I just want to say, I cannot believe it. So whatever you're thinking right now, God knows. And guess what? He still loves you. (laughs) No matter what you're thinking, he knows you. He's known you from the beginning. And he's wanting to pour his love out on you. The amazing thing is that, do you want to receive that love? Because this pivots everything is knowing that you're loved by God because it all matters right here. If you, if you don't think or if you think that you've done so much garbage that God could never love you, well, then you don't understand God's love and I hope that you understand it today. He loves you and he's beckoning you even today to receive that love. So that's my question for you. And, and I'd have to say, and I've said this before, I was raised in a good family. There's lots of love poured out. But for some reason, as I grew up, I still couldn't believe that people could love me. I don't know. Maybe you don't have that problem, but maybe some of you do. That I just, I don't, I, I don't know. I've been trying to work on that. That God could love me. And believing that makes the difference in the world. That God loves you no matter what and he has the best for you and it says in verse 7 where can I go from your spirit where can I flee from your presence if I ascend into heaven you are there if I make my bed in hell you're there too if I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me if I say, surely the darkness shall fall on me, even the night shall be a light to me. Indeed, the darkness shall not hide from you, but night shines as the day, and darkness and light are both alike to you. Verse 13. For you, you formed me in my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows it very well. Verse 15, my frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed, and in your book they are all written. The days fashioned for me when yet there were none of them. How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God. How great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they would be more in number than the sand. And when I awake, I am still with you. And we need to finish this out. So, O that you would slay the wicked, O God. Depart from me, therefore, you bloodthirsty men. For they speak against you wickedly. Your enemies take your name in vain. Do I not hate them, O Lord, who hate you? And do I not loathe those who rise up against you? I hate them with a perfect hatred. I count them all my enemies. And then verse 23, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxious thoughts. And see if there be any wicked way in me. And lead me in the everlasting way. God knows you. 
and he loves you and he's got the best for you. And the question is, do you want to receive that? Because what he's offering is for you to be made right with your creator God through believing in Jesus Christ. And the Bible says, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. And he's offering that for you and for me today. And you know what? The forgiveness of sins means then you're clean and you're ready to be in front of a holy God. Um, and you know what? You don't have to remember them. They're forget forgotten. Jesus has covered them. And so you don't have to go back and think about those sins of the past ever. They are forgotten. You are forgiven forever. You are clean because of Jesus. Not because you've done more right things than wrong things. It's because of Jesus. And so the question comes back to, are you receiving that? Will you receive that truth today for life for you and life for others that are around you? This pivots everything. So Jesus said, you did not choose me, but I chose you. So today, know that he's reaching out to you and that um, he's choosing you. Uh, the last, I've got a couple other scriptures, but um, Titus, if you're in the New Testament, let's go to Titus. Um, and I'd like, you to, I'd like you to see this one because I think it's key. So after um, Timothy, First and Second Timothy, there's Titus. If you get to Hebrews, you've gone too far. So Titus... Uh, chapter 3. Here's the very center of, of uh, God's life um, through Jesus Christ and this life and, and how to live this life. So in verse chapter 3, verse 4 in Titus, but when the kindness and the love of God our Savior appeared, he did not save you because of the good deeds that you've done, but according to his mercy. He saved us through the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Spirit. Listen to this, verse 6. Whom he poured out on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior. This is the key for life. If you've believed on the Lord Jesus, that every day he's beckoning you that the Holy Spirit would go through you and that you would make sure that you don't have any short circuits that you're confessing as soon as you find that there's an area of resistance that you would find and you would ask the Lord for forgiveness and you would ask because he wa- He is willing and he has forgiven you already and it's simply stepping through this, but it's poured out through the renewing of the Holy Spirit through Jesus Christ our Savior that having been justified by his grace we should become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. <laughs> Hallelujah. So uh, what does joy look like? Joy. It's, it comes from God and it comes through so that through the trials, you still, you have the hope, you have the love of God, you have the peace of God that He wants to increase that in you and me every day through the stuff that we're going through. And during this time that we celebrate uh, Christmas, and as you have time with relatives and friends, may you be part of that, um, that joy, part of that circuit that just helps people to find him.
So being prayed up and, and, and through this joy, Jesus, um, others, and then yourself. Okay. Um, there is a, a prayer, uh, prayer in scripture, but this little church years ago, and I think we might have said it um, at least monthly, this scripture. And um, it's out of Numbers. Numbers chapter 6, 24, 25, and 26. And so as we close out our time here, um, just want to say, if you have any questions or if you'd like some prayer, um, we have elders here that would love to pray with you. Um, so uh, we have Glenn, and then we have Howard and uh, Dale here that are available. So just just want to be a part of that healing and part of that uh, joy if, if, if uh, you would like some prayer. Um, but in Numbers, it's a beautiful blessing. And so I'd like to bless you with this uh, Numbers 6. Begins at 24. And it says, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. There you go. All right. Well, let's, uh, I'm going to just say uh, a closing prayer. And as Nicole begins to play on the piano, um, Merry Christmas and want to invite you back tonight at 7 o'clock. We're going to have a Christmas Eve service here. The reading of the Christmas story and, uh, and singing a lot of songs. And yeah, so welcome back. Father, we want to bless your name today. Lord, we trust and know that your spirit was in this room you are ministering to us today the truth of who you are, that you are true joy. In your presence is fullness of joy. And we know that comes, the outcome of that is Jesus first, others, and then ourselves um, trusting and following you. So we thank you, Lord God. Lord, may each person here receive and know Jesus and the Holy Spirit. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen.